Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless, the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier. The world is changing quickly. Sometimes it feels like you can't keep up. I hear you. You want to make the world a better place. You care, but you don't know where to start. You know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor, seeking perfection, and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help. But it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. This week, I talked to Faik Burik, the founder of Vegan Stay. If it were a scale from clueless to conscious, you know, the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. So where are you feeling today? Where where are you at? I would say about seven and it's rising because I woke up not long ago, but it's not really well. It just takes a little bit, a little bit of, of time to sort of really go into the groove every day. So I love that answer. I love that you're like, well, I'm getting... I'm getting into my routine for the day, so I'm working on it. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I, I have a very active dream life. So and it's a, it's a different kind of consciousness. And then shifting from that kind of consciousness to this type of consciousness, it takes me a little bit of transition every day. But, uh, but both of them are very vital to my well-being. So. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So you are the founder of The Vegan Stay. I would love to hear where that came from. Maybe tell listeners first a little bit about what it is and and where did it start? Yeah, absolutely. So perhaps I'm going to do it the other way. I'll tell you how it started because that will explain what it is. So I came to the United States about 22 years ago and I saw a table that had vegan, well, animal rights activists on it. And, you know, they were just sharing information and stuff. I have to tell you the truth. I haven't heard of the concept before. It really appealed to me. And I didn't even interact with them. And I sort of like decided, okay, I'm going to go vegetarian on that same day. Believing that being vegetarian is really all that, that was needed. Right. And that was the case. And I sort of I sort of allowed myself to believe in organic eggs and organic this and organic milk and all of that stuff, like many people do. And I didn't look closer until about five years ago. Then I became vegan. When I became vegan, I became animal rights activist, activist at the same time. And mm. then I started going to animal safe events. And they were they were quite heavy because well bearing witness is always very heavy but i was bearing witness and i was paying a psychological price and i felt very quickly and i realized that that path is not sustainable because soon enough i would right. sort of burn out and i would not be of any service to animals so i decided to start volunteering at a sanctuary and i volunteer at a sanctuary that's such great insight away. that's such great insight to have to be like this isn't sustainable for me I'm going to burn out because sometimes we don't realize that until we burn out really bad. That's absolutely right. But uh, the, the other thing I have to say is that sometimes things that don't kill you make you stronger is very true. Because I lived, I lived through war when I was younger and that had very devastating psychological effects on me. So I understand PTSD, I understood all of that. I took time to learn about it. I, learned, I took time to heal. And part of the healing process 
is I understood is the mission is how you you turn your pain and your lessons into a mission to Mm. make a stand for for a cause. This time what I did, I skipped very quickly to the mission part. I didn't didn't linger into the the part where I'm I'm going to deal with the incredibly heart-wrenching psychological effects because I sort of like put a glimpse of what they will look like. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly devastating for our souls when we are witnessing victims and there is nothing that we can do. We feel trapped. We feel So I had a little bit of experience. So I said, okay, this time I'm going to do it very differently. I'm going to go straight into take the take the realization so just enough that it motivates me that it keeps that I know how painful and hard it is and we, in fact it's not very hard to find out once we decide to find find out and right. I went straight ahead to the mission so I started serving at the sanctuary as a volunteer and then I started learn also then then things started to fall into place I mean I started following other sanctuaries on social media and where are and you located just to interrupt you real quick. Sacramento, California. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I then I then I started to see how they are chronically starved for for money. I mean, not only that we ask these amazingly empathetic and courageous people, mostly women. Most most people who run sanctuaries are we are women. We expect them to do all this work and educate and save lives and educate, we expect them to function as professional beggars, particularly Mm -hmm. at a time when the vegan revolution is creating a lot of abundance. And you see companies like Burger King and Amazon jumping on the wagon, packaging it, benefiting from it, and the people who really created it and need it for themselves and the animals they care for are completely left out of the equation. So I I, I thought of a solution that is going to provide these services in the vegan space and at the same time empower animal sanctuaries with resources, uh, uh, financial resources and logistic support so that they can do that work and focus on it and they can do more of it because we need much of, a lot more of, of that precious, of very precious work. Wow. Talk about like taking a problem and finding a solution. I I really admire your willingness to say, like I see something that could be better and I'm going to try and figure out how to do it. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the, at the end of the day, and another thing that I have learned through my life is that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you say. It's what you do. Hmm. It's the action. It doesn't matter how dearly we hold some values and some realizations. If we don't take action on that behalf, they are meaningless. So, and then I don't want to live a meaningless life. I want to live a life that is consistent with how I feel and how I believe. And I try to do my best. Maybe I'm, for, I'm you know, we all fall, fall short in all kinds of ways, but I think I also have had some unexpected breakthroughs and I'm incredibly happy that, that I did that. I've got like a thousand questions rolling around in my head after that. Please, so I'm going to, I'm going to try and, and start with, with one area here. So I was poking around the website. So what that led you to was creating the vegan stay and it's incredible. So people, I will be in the show notes. People can check it out. You can go on there and find places all over the world to stay at these sanctuaries. And there is time to give back and to provide service. And then also just time to be, I mean, it sounds so ideal. 
Yekardi, you there? I have missed, lost you for a sec. So we are already in 36 countries after nine months of operation. And we just launched experiences this week. So there are stays, there are experiences. But I don't want to overwhelm you with information. But the vision is much bigger than the vegan stay. There are right. more things are coming. And the, and the goal is, is to absolutely to sort of build this to the, to the point where we really can be the difference for the sanctuaries that we plan to. We already have about 100 sanctuaries from more than 30 countries join us as partners. Uh, whether they have a stay or not is, is not an issue because if they have a stay, they have a stay. If they don't, or people who have stays can choose the sanctuary too so that they could support that sanctuary in that way. And we always give 50% of the service fee to sanctuaries. So so, so we, we support sanctuaries both with and without stays. So I'd love to switch gears just a little bit and talk about your kind of like journey to being vegan and what's that been like? Because I know for, I've talked to a lot of guests about becoming vegan and there's that there's that phase where it's just like, it's so, you're an angry vegan, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I see so much that I didn't understand before. Everyone listened to me about this. Did you have that? Or were you just able to like turn it right into action? No, so I wasn't, and I will tell you why. And things that we do, I think reveal the type of work that we did on ourselves. Mm. So lots of people before they become vegan activists, usually they haven't, they sort of haven't done a lot of work on themselves. So when they become vegan, and it's funny because they forget how long ago they were in the same place of the person that they are talking to now. So if we are not aware of the complexity of the human condition, we have egos, we are tribal beings, we, we are a mess. So the moment we become vegan, then very quickly our tribal identity gets triggered and we would like to feel purer than the other tribe. And we forget that the boundary is actually very, very porous, that we were on the other side just a day ago. And the other thing is that our ego, we like to feel, you know, we, if we let ourselves, we're going to feel, we want to feel, you know, special and superior and and if we are not aware of these things and we aren't, we aren't, we, we aren't sort of vigilant, that creeps in very quickly. And also right. there is the, the martyr complex. People like to be martyrs, you know, and or it's all this, all kinds of this. But if you have worked with these things prior and you developed self-awareness, then becoming vegan is just, you bring in that with you instead of letting that experience overwhelm you is you bring it in with you. Like I was telling you earlier, I brought my experience with dealing with PTSD and war and trauma right. and all of that. And then I very quickly knew that this situation, I can't afford to linger too much in a particular phase. Take enough knowledge, take all that I need, use that into a mission statement very, very quickly. And who we bring into the particular situation is going to be very important in how the situation unfolds thereafter. It's so interesting that you say the the piece about doing that inner work where it's so true, right? Where often people are ignited with this passion that's coming from the most beautiful place to make a difference. And you jump right in because you want to save the world, but that doesn't mean you necessarily have done work on yourself, especially when it's something that you've come to younger or if you come from a life of privilege or whatever it is. 
And I'm kind of like putting a few pieces together here as we're talking that, you know, I definitely had that phase and had to move through that and kind of thought that was just part of like the ritual to becoming vegan almost. But, but now that I'm reflecting, I see that I, in the last couple of years had to do a lot of inner work for a lot of other reasons. And that has totally changed my perspective too, on how I approach the topic, but I never really equated the two, like, you know, my sessions in therapy with being able to be mindful about these conversations, but they are related. Oh, absolutely. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you are fixed on the victims. I want to do things to help the animals. If you go and start yelling at people, and remember, these are people that are in the same place that you were just a day, 24 hours ago. You yelling at people or you make pushing them to, to, to become defensive. You may get a kick out of it. You may get an ego kick out of it. But the question is, did it help the victims? Did it help the animals? No. Then drop it. If the commitment is to that. So not just the commitment. Mm. It's not just a matter of commitment. It takes commitment and it takes self-awareness. Self-awareness and empathy. Empathy, because the, to me, I, I have empathy for animals, but I also have empathy for people who are trapped in a very old system right. that is organized in such a way that our institutions, our cultural practices all reinforce it every day. This is like the matrix. It's not very easy to see through it. But if you are very, very lucky to do, for whatever reason, showing empathy for the people who are still trapped so that we could invite them to have a conversation because that what ultimately helps animals. But then if it's just about some kind of ego, ego kick or to reinforce the tribal identity, because as we attack them, they attack us back, then that really should, creates this sort of duality, us and them. If that's the goal, if that's the ultimate goal, or if those things are still very enshrined in how we think and we don't have the sub-development to counter, it, it creates a completely different dynamic than otherwise. Yeah, that's a really good, like, tangible example. And I wonder, because it seems that your your own experiences and your own journey through moving through things kind of obviously informed how you approach this topic. I'm wondering because it's interesting to me to talk to men in this veganism space because of that intersection with toxic masculinity. And like you said, like so many more sanctuary owners are are women. And I'm wondering if you've had any experience with that as, as a man in this movement. You would see the masculine toxicity coming from both, because because the 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 masculine toxicity is is really more of a of a of a cultural archetype, and a lot yeah. of the a lot of women they think that their their sort of like their way of empowerment is by becoming like you know some kind of a half, and it's just a cultural thing that that people very unfortunately sort of sort of take, but yeah, but so. It's. I'm just uh, trying to point at the different nuances here. So, of mm-hmm. course, you are absolutely right that that more more frequently than not, and by a big margin, that the people doing the compassionate work and are women that are very compassionate men. Yet, 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 what stops men from becoming vegan? The masculine toxicity absolutely has a lot to do with it. It, it does because it's not manly. Just even talk about compassion. 
yeah. or to take a picture with an animal. Because, be, be, and to me, quite the opposite. To me, strength is to allow myself to show who really I am. I'm mm. man enough to tell society mm-hmm. not to tell me what a man is supposed to do. Mm. So if you see if if you see what I mean, it's like yeah. it's a paradox. You have to be strong enough. If only a weak person is going to take from others what strength meant to be. But mm. listen to yourself. But inner strength is an inner thing. Is once you make a connection with that, it doesn't matter to me what society thinks. Um, it's not that relevant, particularly the, the sort of models they, 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 that society sort of uh, provides us with. Like to me, to be a man, I have to go and hunt and kill. Sorry, I'm not interested. Hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode, and you're feeling inspired to make change, that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right. You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. So what do you, what would you say to men who feel kind of like trapped in that existence still, or are like, oh, I would try veganism, but my, my friends would make fun of me or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I would ask them, does the life of an innocent animal or the laughter of somebody who is probably not not too not too self-aware matter more to you? Which is which? The other thing is, is your integrity something worth compromising just so that you could give in to that generic pressure from people who really don't 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 even don't even want to listen to you? So right. is it worth it? I, I don't think so. Right. I love your, it seems like you have a real ability to break things down into these like easily understood concepts. Like it is this or it is this, like we, we don't have to make it complicated in that spec aspect. Exactly. Well, I'm a, I'm a university professor. I teach physics and mathematics and I love my job as a teacher. And not just that, just for myself, that's I've always approached things because the world is a place of complexity and nuance. It really is. And it's very important to look at, at something and not be overwhelmed by one particular detail. To look at things, to see the simplicity and see the complexity at the same time. And, right. and, and also when you talk to somebody, it's really important to try to distill it to the, to, the, to the essential elements of the particular topic that you're talking about. At the end of the day, so like for example, when I'm teaching my students about physics, I always make it clear what is the physics inside and what is the mathematical elaboration. Don't get lost in questions. You'd have to understand what is the underlying intuition, what is the underlying concept. The math is just a tool because sometimes uh, students get into that trap of just too soon going right into the math, but you have to be careful. Otherwise, it, it will overwhelm you very quickly. Not to overwhelm you, but then you would you would be playing games with equations, <clears throat> and then that would obscure the real simplicity 
and power, power and power of the underlying concept. The same thing here. That I think you just described my senior year back. of high school physics. <laughs> the ah. confusion <laughs> part. Yeah. And you could like hear the same thing. So now that person laughs at me, that person does. I'm a man, I'm supposed to, at the end of the day, it's your integrity and the life of an innocent being. That's what really matters. Anything else? It's, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it gives us context about how we operate as human beings, but it's not that they're not fundamental issues. They're not. So I we connected on LinkedIn originally, and I saw that you were a professor of math and physics. And in my head, I guess, I didn't obviously didn't pay attention. I thought that was something of the past, but you're still doing that on top of running the vegan stay. Is that correct? It's correct because because the vegan state stays pretty is pretty young, and I so I I have people who work with me so I I'm I'm not getting paid from it right now I'm I'm just doing I'm just doing the work as a just as part time thing after work but I still am a professor and I probably would stay that way the vegan stay is right now I'm assuming this rule but once it builds up enough muscle I will I will be more than happy to entrusted to a team of people mm-hmm. who will be able to actually run it properly and then right. I would continue with my work because because the thing is that to me I have you know so as I said as I'm a professor I'm doing um, research in astrophysics and in fact I would like to even switch to full-time position as a researcher to me that was what always was the thing that I, I sort of was, I was doing I enjoyed a lot being an entrepreneur is something that's very, very recent. It's something I'm enjoying immensely. I'm learning a lot, but I'm doing it primarily for animals. I'm doing it primarily right. so that I could create this, this, this tool that would be very, very helpful. Whether it would be me running it or somebody else, it doesn't really matter very much. And in fact, I would be very happy to see this organization led by women because, as I was telling you, the vast majority of sanctuaries are led by women. These are right. the people that do the hard hard grassroots grassroots work so having let's say a partner or something like that and then we would be able to 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 you know a business partner would be able to assume that kind of that would be really amazing i would be very happy to if, if things evolve in that direction maybe maybe i would change my mind and then i would still work in the vegan side but it doesn't mean that i would have necessarily to be the ceo to me right now is just to make sure that it picks up and that the animals and those who care for them are properly properly supported is that's what's really important to me so let's say someone goes onto the website and wants to book a stay what does that look like when someone books a stay at a sanctuary what are they in for the stays that are sanctuary stays and that are non-sanctuary stays so let's say you stay at a sanctuary usually usually You'd be surrounded by animals. So you go, you go stay at the place, and then usually the property is out on the sanctuary. And, and they, they may be, so some of them have sanctuary visits as, as a separate thing that you do arrange. Other ones, it is with the stay automatically. You get to interact with animals. You get to stay in, in a space that is filled with the energies of animals that have been treated mm. as they deserve. It does reflect. I absolutely believe that places have energies and then we're going to go to animal place mm. as essentially a volunteer. I feel incredibly happy. I, I, you could, you could, the, the, you, you pick up that sort of 
joy and from the animals. You absolutely do. It's the same thing, the angst and I was picking up when I was going to the visuals and it's the same thing. It's, 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 you pick up this very beautiful energy. You get to learn about their stories. You yeah. get to learn about, 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 about the resilience, about it's, it's incredibly, incredibly inspiring. And then you could stay at, at, as I said, at the stays of other people. And when you say stays of other people, so again, the service, so the person, the person renting out, they get 100% of the, the, of their fee because we don't charge fees on, on hosts. And then, we take a service fee, 15%. We take 50% of it and give it to a central of that choice, of the host choice. So, so either way, either way, people are welcome, even if they are not vegan to stay. However, we just ask that they respect the vegan code during that visit because right. we want to bring in people closer to, to, to vegans and particularly to animals and sanctuaries so that they could see what this is all about and it's a very vital part of our work so then that's where the sanctuary part comes in but then there's also experiences and there's also just vegan stays correct that is absolutely correct that is absolutely correct so the vegan sanctuary stays are part of vegan stays and then vegan sanctuary experiences are also part of experiences so there are experiences so when it when it's when it's sanctuary just happens at a sanctuary but we provide anything vegan Sanctuary and non-sanctuary, that is correct. That sounds really amazing. I love that you can just find a place to to stay, that you'll feel comfortable to, that you'll have that good energy, or you can find a place to give some of your t- time, right, to these sanctuaries and, and, some, and some labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not just that. As you are traveling, you stay at, the, let's say, let's say, you're going to go to London anyway. And instead of using some other platform, you use a vegan stand. Automatically, part of the money that you are paying for, even though you're going to pay that for your travel anyway, part of it goes to a sanctuary automatically. So that you're funding your sanctuary through anything that you do. So you're traveling and you are supporting fund the sanctuary automatically. So whether you stay at a sanctuary or not stay at a sanctuary, you should be supporting sanctuaries. And I think that is probably the, the most attractive part of it to travelers is that you'd be able to contribute to sanctuaries directly and concretely while you continue to do the things that you do. So because this, what this does is that it opens another door for sanctuaries besides direct donations because right. people can give. So let's say, you're going to give some 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 money in direct donations. But then let's say you have vacation, but you just do it through the vegan state. Part of that becomes a donation to a sanctuary automatically. So that that it just broadens the scope of how much of the 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 money that's that's going in this vegan space ends up at sanctuaries. And right. and of course we even with this, even with this, we are far from <clears throat> making it making it a, <clears throat> a, a fair field or a playing field, but we are hoping to make, <clears throat> we are hoping that we are contributing to solving that, that problem. Right now, it looks like this. Right. So like, for example, I did, I took a look at other CEOs of, you know, I was talking about companies that now offer vegan foods and, and yet, and they exploit animals at the same time. 100% men and salaries $5 million or more. Go to sanctuaries. It's either women, so far, the ones I've encountered, either 100% women or a couple where the woman really is the leading force. And then the salaries are actually negative because they are giving more of their money. They're not 
Many of them are not even, not even doing it as a, they do it as a second job. Well, they are actually go to the first job, get the money for it in that century. So then you would see that, that it's mostly female space. And then the, the, the compensation is actually below zero. And right. over here, it's five million. So it, it's so absurd. It's so absurd. And, and 75% of vegans are women. So we have the power to change it. So let's do something about it. And that's exactly the, our mission statement. Wow. I love that so much. I know that you teased at the bigger vision. I bet there's a lot of things you want to do. Can you tease at any for the future of kind of dreams for the vegan stay? As I said, that's going to, so now, so for in the very near future, we just launched the vegan experiences and we are going to grow that. And then we have, we would be, so we are going to, another thing is that we are going to collaborate with, with other, with other people in, in the space and, and perhaps even move to other spaces. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't want to overpromise and under deliver. I would rather over deliver and under promise, but, but the sky, really the sky is the limit. And, and as I said, when we have, so when we have a particular vision and we really believe in it and we sort of let ourselves become a tool for, for, for something to sort of manifest itself through us. Mm. The, you will see the type of community that we are building worldwide. We are having almost weekly, we are having Instagram lives with sanctioned founders. I talk to them all the time. Even, you know, even off camera, I talk to them. I'm in contact with many of them. And, and you see how excited they are. Just being part of a community, just being yeah. recognized is extremely, extremely vital. And, uh, and particularly the type of work they are doing. Because the, the, as I was talking about the challenges that they have, Another gigantic challenge is that think of these conscientious human beings, incredibly empathetic, incredibly sensitive. They have to sometimes say no, not sometimes, many times. They have to have to say no to picking up more animals because what they, they can't, otherwise they compromise whatever they have. And imagine the kind of psychological price they have to pay. But then just by being a community, just by showing them that you have their back, back, that you understand what they are doing, that you're trying, that you are trying your absolute best to be with them in the trenches. Well, mm-hmm. not literally because they are in the trenches. We are from the back to giving them support and stuff. That loosens, that does loosen the impact of trauma. And in fact, with soldiers, mm. it's the same thing in war. Because in wars, soldiers that fight together in units are actually less, or they are bond together as units are less likely or the effects of trauma are a little bit a little bit less. It's still devastating, but right. it's still less. And and particularly, you know, when you see, when you see there are certain things, certain things, the people that like sometimes there are many times soldiers will develop, like for example, there's this, this story I read it in Trauma and Healing by Judith Herman. She's a, mm-hmm. a, a world authority on the subject. So, so she yeah. gave a story about the soldiers, so they they fell into the sea, and the boat was was attacked. So, and then when when the, the the rescue mission came, it just took the leaders and sort of left the soldiers there for a lot longer. That betrayal, we probably don't think much of it. We don't think of ourselves as a society that we betrayed them. But the truth is that we do all this hor- so to animals collectively, humans, to animals. And then these immensely empathetic and courageous people go in there, do the same. Then, you know what? By the way, why don't you work as a professional beggar so that you could even keep keep, keep the animals safe? On, on top of that, 
we cannot look away as you are here having yeah. to witness this day in and day out. And then when you make, so this is a statement. So the, 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 the sort of organization that I inspired to create isn't just simply a source for logistic and financial support, but ultimately for communal structure that, that helps people bear witness together. So we yeah. are all going to bear witness together to, to, to the best of our ability, and we are going to work together to re-engineer this landscape so that it recognizes animals and those who care for them a little bit more and treats them a little bit more with gratitude and, and, uh, and acknowledgement. You're literally creating new systems of doing something because the old systems aren't working. Oh, exactly right. And exactly. And Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results each time. That's exactly right. No, the current system, we are, well, we are literally on the brinks of World War III. World War One and One and Two, and all the atrocities that happened in the century, last century was particularly atrocious because people talk about how humanity was evolving. I beg to differ. I mean, the 20th century was the most atrocious in human history, mm-hmm. and in fact, our uh, if you notice our our pr- oppression of animals and our violence against animals spills over to what we do to each other. So then, if that is the problem, the solution. So the problem itself hints at the solution once you understand the problem. So a lot of the violence that we commit on each other is actually spilled over from what we do to animals. Wow. And therefore, what is the solution? Well, the problem is hinting you at the solution. Go change the route. We would have to go to the route and work at the, and work there if we are going to have lasting peace. If we don't do that, we're never going to have peace. We're going to have some quiet. But peace, I'm not so sure. I think it will be very elusive. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I honestly am feeling really invigorated by this conversation because you. you are truly inspiring. And also just the way you explain things. I'm like, yes, that's a perfect way to say that. Oh yeah. That's a great way to say that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Very, very much. It's my absolute pleasure. Is there anything that you want to share with listeners that I haven't given you? space to do so yeah just you know spread the word and give us give us a closer look and see how we support animals and how many animals are already already on there and we have the power so don't give into that message of hopelessness we are very very powerful once we step in into that power and there is the individual power and there is the collective power once we, so let's make that choice. It's still up to us and we still have the ability to do something about it. So let's do it together. All we are trying to do here is so that, for example, the vegan steak was one piece of the puzzle. Carly, just even this podcast, how you are bringing consciousness to people. It's another way. We could, there are so many different ways we could, right. con- we, we could connect the dots so that we could create these beautiful tapestries. And I think, I think the the sky is the limit. I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for bringing joy to my morning. And I I can't wait to continue to collaborate. Sounds absolutely wonderful. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Consciously Clueless. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this new episode, and if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tag me and share in social media. 
share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode. This podcast is supported by all the brands that I love and that I get to work with. Considering how much I talk about the fact that we should be buying less, you know if I'm promoting a brand, it means I use it myself and I love it. Sometimes the stars align and I score discount codes for the brands that I love. If you go to consciouslycarly.com slash shop, you'll find discount codes for brands like Parade that sell sustainable underwear, Terra Seed that is vegan vitamins, Joy selling sustainable plant-based milk alternatives, Plain products that chose a new way to provide the world a shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more by using returnable, recyclable containers. There is so much on that page of all the brands that support this podcast and support the work I do. So don't forget to go to consciouslycarly.com slash shop to check all of that out. Mm-hmm.